Welcome to Study, Grow, Know, where we discuss theology, prophecy, and current political issues from a conservative biblical perspective. Here's your host, Dr. Fred DeRuvo. Hi, and thanks for joining me. This is Dr. Fred. You're listening to another episode of Study, Grow, Know. Hey, remember those days when men were men and women were women? Well, those days are becoming extinct, like the dinosaur. Today, the left wants what has always been truth reimagined and redefined to their liking, which ultimately means pushing lies. Now, because of this, companies are increasingly forcing employees across the United States and other areas to participate in what are called equity trainings. The goal is to accept what has always been seen as deviancy, homosexuality, transgenderism, etc. And then beyond this, it's to rid white people of what is said to be their inherent white supremacy. What white people believe about themselves doesn't really matter, which incidentally proves, by the way, that they're racist if they deny that they're racist, because the new truth is that all white people are racist, period. This stems from critical race theory, which also teaches, by the way, that blacks cannot be racist because racism is now tied into having power over other groups. So it doesn't just mean hating another person because of their race or culture. It means having power over them. And until they have power over them, then they can't be racist. That's the new definition. Well, this pervasive white supremacy needs to be identified, admitted, and then expunged in white people only. I always find it fascinating, though, that while many corporations are headed up by old white leftist men who agree with this new truth, apparently, none of them ever step down to give their CEO positions to some person of color waiting in the wings. I think that that's interesting. Now, I've got an image in uh, the transcript, and it's labeled white supremacy culture. And if you look carefully at the phrases and words on the image itself, you'll see things like MAGA and I don't see color or I just can't pronounce your name. Those things are considered to be racist. Really? Okay, then I've met many racists in life who are unable to pronounce my last name, which sounds exactly like it looks. Simply needs to be sounded out. The whole thing really takes on a level of ridiculousness that makes it difficult to take seriously. And the problem, though, is that the left is very serious. Now, many of the things that our parents taught us apparently are no longer valid. For instance, we, are, we were taught, I was taught as a kid, not to notice someone's color. You treat everyone the same. But now we're told that doing that minimizes that person's culture. Instead of being colorblind as we were raised, we're now supposed to notice and exalt another person's color and culture. Of course, this doesn't apply to white people. Even capitalism is coming under fire because it supposedly is a system built by European white people that does not provide opportunity for everyone, that is, people of color. Now, the new phrase to replace capitalism coined by the World Economic Forum is stakeholder capitalism. And by the way, again, in the transcript, I've got a ton of links for all these things that I mentioned So you'll want to avail yourself of that if you want to do more research and find out where I get this stuff. 
According to self-identified luminary Klaus Schwab, this type of capitalism has been around for quite some time, but it needs to be fully implemented worldwide. Here's a quote from one of his documents about stakeholder capitalism. Stakeholder capitalism is a form of capitalism in which companies seek long-term value creation by taking into account the needs of all their stakeholders and society at large, unquote. Well, the wordsmithing that you just heard seeks to impress us into thinking that stakeholder capitalism is far better than ordinary capitalism, though the phrase was not defined at all. Really? Did you find out what that meant from that? But where capitalism is allegedly failing, stakeholder capitalism will succeed because of its alleged concern for all people. However, true capitalism allows for anyone of any color, of any race, of any gender, male or female, to take an idea and run with it. Stakeholder capitalism, on the other hand, is run by elites and mainly for elites, though they would have us believe it's all for us. But let's not forget that this same Klaus Schwab, who would be king, said in the future, we will own nothing and be happy. I'm not sure how that works, but if we own nothing, we can be sure that the elites who are pushing toward a one world global kingdom will own everything. That's the way it'll be. The people being used by Klaus Schwab and other elites to sow seeds of discontent, feeding a growing class and culture war throughout the world, are likely very pleased with what's happening today. It's creating a real discontent and anger among people of color because of being force-fed the lie that whites are white supremacists. White people are starting to push back because they are the target of this new racism. So things aren't looking good. Things are building. But let me ask a question. Who decides when things will be equaled out so that all people will finally be seen as equal? In reality, it's never going to end. The left wants unending racism directed against whites. And by the way, this is not to say that racism doesn't exist in society. It certainly is there to some degree, but this erroneous idea that all whites are racist solely because they are born white is as dangerous as claiming any other negative about another entire race or culture. We are going backwards, not forwards. We are not going into a positive, woke state of mind. We are actually regressing. However, this, this is now a huge issue. The left's new truth goes beyond racial problems. It doesn't stop there. We have growing, we have the growing phenomenon of the vaunted fact checkers who govern the social media landscape with a heavy hand. Anyone who does not adhere to the chosen and therefore only accepted narrative, regardless of whether its truthfulness is uh, apparent or not, is pronounced guilty and banished. Actual doctors and scientists are shown the proverbial door without apology or explanation when they do not play the game chosen by the fact checkers. Joe Rogan is the latest target under the guise of him allegedly spreading misinformation. So where COVID is concerned, if you do not toe the line and willingly parrot the narrative approved by social media overlords, well, you're done. 
censorship is at an all-time high and not just with COVID. Apparently, a UK university has now banned George Orwell's 1984 because it's quote-unquote upsetting. Yep, the truth has a tendency to do that to people who prefer lies. It upsets them. Is the world going crazy or what? Well, what's happening, and I've mentioned this before, is Romans 1 is happening in real time, along with 2 Timothy 3, 1-5, and other portions of Scripture. Lies are now truth. Nature is in full destruction mode in many places, and though the CB vaccine is a tragic failure, the CDC, the FDA, Fauci, the pharmaceutical companies, and many others act as though there's nothing to see here. According to some sources, there has been a 500% increase in miscarriages, 300% increase in cancers, and 1,000% increase in neurological issues since the rollout of the uh, CV Vax. And to all Christian leaders who have been pushing the CV Vax, shame on you for not doing the research concerning the potential problems with the mRNA technology that has been used for the first time ever, ever in the CBVAX. I've got a link to a video with interesting commentary and images from a licensed embalmer about the clots he's finding in dead people. And I will warn you that some of the imagery is graphic, but you can find the link in the transcript. I've got another video, this one from uh, Dr. Artis interviewing an attorney from the UK who exposes, quote, end-of-life drugs and protocols in hospitals there. But there's more proof in another video that early treatment actually does work, something Fauci and all the experts and pundits have dutifully avoided. And then finally, another video where families are resorting to sneaking in ivermectin to ill relatives in the hospital, and they're finding that it does work. But the saga continues. Walmart is introducing vaccine passports in Quebec. No passport? Well, then you can only shop for food and pharmacy items with staff accompanying you to make sure that you don't go beyond food and pharmacy. I wonder how long that'll continue before the unvaxxed are no longer allowed in Walmart altogether. But not to be outdone, Finland is literally putting the Bible on trial as hate speech, all for a tweet from 2019 by a member of parliament that she had forgotten about. Now, if convicted, she will face up to two years in jail. On top of this, we've got potential serious upcoming food shortages that I've mentioned previously and a real possibility of a financial crash coming. And then there's the growing potential war between Russia and the Ukraine. But all is well, according to the prophets of hot air. All of this makes it very difficult for Christians, I think. Everywhere we look, we encounter lies and, ex and are expected to pretend it's the truth or face cancellation. Our pastor has stated several times from the pulpit that Christians do not accidentally drift toward God and holiness. And I agree with him. Holiness doesn't happen by accident any more than winning the Olympics happens by accident. It happens when we put our minds to it and purpose to draw close to God in order that his holiness might become greater within and through us to the lost. Now, this requires a purposeful, meaningful pursuit of God. 
And I'm not talking about Rick Warren's definition of purposeful. I'm talking about God's definition, 1 Peter 4, 12 through 19, and many other passages. In fact, the entirety of the, of the Bible highlights the blessings of living for God versus the pain and defeat of living for ourselves. You know, there are many false teachers out there today, and not all of them, by the way, are in the pulpits. Some are in politics. Some hold sway over corporations and schools. They are in positions of authority in order to make remake the schools and gain control of the way children think. They want to redefine things so that white people alone are found guilty of racism. They applaud the violence of Antifa and BLM while shouting traitors and terrorists to those who peacefully gather to stand up for the rights guaranteed under the Constitution here in the USA. But in 2 Peter 2, the apostle deals with the problem of false teachers. And to sum up that chapter, he essentially reveals to us their destructive doctrines, their doom, their depravity, and their deceptions, all in chapter 2 of 2 Peter. The religious false teachers of Peter's day all came to their predetermined fate because of the way they lived and the lies that they professed. And I think that that's important for us to understand. They all came to their predetermined fateful end. In Romans 1, Paul deals with the downward trend of unchecked wickedness and depravity in any society that is always leading to extinction. It starts with lies, replacing the truth, and the resultant glorification of depravity lived with abandon, embraced, imbibed, and seen as wokeness, a perfect description, I think, of today. And it always ends the same way for every civilization that travels down the path of runaway decadency. Throughout history, culture after culture has gone virtually extinct because of that society's willingness to wantonly embrace unchecked depravity. This is always an affront to God, his moral code, and each of those ancient cultures ended up destroying themselves because God gave them over to their own desired depravity, to fully enjoy sin for a season. And once their cups of sin were full to overflowing, the end was always death, spiritual first, physical second. Now, while some semblance of some of those cultures might remain today, for instance, Egypt, these are mere shadows of what they once were in the glory days that they used to live in. Their willing and unchecked perversion brought about their own demise. Unfortunately, we see this on, on a grand scale today. The companies that are hiring consultants and paying great amounts for this service to educate or really brainwash workers and help them unpack their alleged malignant racism and lack of wokeness is the new normal. Now, the Apostle John warns us of the problem this earth and its populace faces. In 1 John 5.19, it says this, We know that we are of God, and the whole world lies under the sway of the wicked one. Now, if the entire world is literally held under Satan's power, with God's permission, of course, then what is the hope that things will change for the better and permanently? Ultimately, the only hope is, is the change that will occur when our Lord physically returns, Revelation 19, 11, verses following. Until then, there will be continued skirmishes, 
with some victories, but overall, this world will continue its downward spiral into unchecked debasement until Jesus breaks through the clouds and destroys the Antichrist and then begins setting things right For he is the rock made without hands in Daniel 2 that crushes all kingdoms of this world. The new truth promoted by the left is designed to shut down any disagreement and usher in a one world government, censoring, doxing, and even viciously attacking verbally and physically if necessary are the main tools used. What else would we expect from the father of lies? What can Christians do, though, in the meantime, until our Lord returns? Well, we must grow in our love and devotion to our Lord, and this is not, by the way, about feelings. It's about actually living the life God expects us to live, whether we feel like it or not. That is our protection, and He provides the ability. Read Exodus 33, where Moses asks, to see God's glory. God granted that, but would only allow Moses to see his back because to see God's face would have meant physical death. Moses talked with God as a man talks to another man. He already had friendship with God, folks, and yet Moses wanted more of God. We need to be like that, never having enough of God and always wanting more of him. I'm convinced that this is the only way we will remain upright in a truly fallen, evil world. Well, thanks so much for joining me. And I I do hope, by the way, soon to have another episode of our series, Daniel 7, Revelation 13. But until we meet again, I pray that God will open your eyes to show you how blessed you are in Him. You've been listening to Study, Grow, Know with Dr. Fred DeRuvo. Please join us each week for new broadcasts that deal with theology, prophecy, and political issues from a biblical, conservative perspective. 